At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Play Sugar House is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, Try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Play Sugar House Sportsbook. Download the Play Sugar House app or go to playsugarhouse.com to place your bets. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Play Sugar House. Welcome to the New York City Cast presented I play Sugar House Sportsbook. Happy New Year to everybody. Good to be back. We got a lot to get to. Um, I thought we were going to start with the Jets. You know what? We'll, we'll start with the Jets. We'll get to the Giants circus, the Giants disaster uh, after. But we'll start with the Jets. They deserve it. They played well. Uh, actually led most of the game yesterday against Tampa Bay. Probably their best game of the year, that or Tennessee. And look, if you went to the game yesterday, uh, you certainly got your money's worth between seeing one last epic drive from Brady and what was probably his last game at MetLife. Uh, Bucks won't play the Jets for another three years, and that'll be in Tampa because it's at a conference and, and that stuff rotates. And then the NFC South played the NFC East this year. So uh, the Bucks po- won't play in New York, in New Jersey, until Brady's probably retired, uh, assuming he ever retires. But that was it yesterday. That, I mean, that was Brady's last trip to New York, New Jersey, and, and ended in epic fashion. Typical Brady, typical Jets. Jets really led the whole game. Uh, they led until they didn't. They had a few chances up 14 late in the third to get off the field. Uh, 24-10, the Buck converted a fourth and goal. I think it was final seconds of the third quarter, like 20 seconds left in the third quarter. And look, if you're the Jets there, you get the ball back up 14 going into the fourth. You probably hang on and win the game. Probably, you know, up 14 with the ball. You're probably in good shape there in the fourth quarter. But uh, Tampa scores. And look, at 24-17, you just felt like it was going to be hard to hold off Tampa, hard to hold off Brady. And it was. uh, Obviously, the play of the game, fourth and two from the seven. There's like two minutes and 15 seconds left. Jets have the ball. Bucks are out of timeouts. And it was the right call to go for it. The play, I guess, was supposed to be a handoff to Berrios. Wilson sneaks it instead. The Jets don't get it. And Sal said after the game, look, it's on me. Poor job of communicating. Uh, it was supposed to be an option play, and Wilson didn't understand it. So who knows if it's Wilson's fault, if it's Sal's fault. Uh, fourth and two to sneak it there is unusual, to put it kindly. I mean, QB sneak is a very effective play. It's, it's really borderline unstoppable when it's, 
fourth or one or, or less and it's run the right way, it's really almost impossible to stop, especially if you got a bigger quarterback. You just kind of take the step and stick the ball out. But uh, fourth and two, not so much. But it, I, I think it was the right decision to go for it. If you get it, the game is over. If you don't get it, they're pinned inside their own, what, six, seven-yard line. So uh, kicking the field goal there, you, you go up seven, but you put Tampa on their own 25, and you're essentially – you know, you're not only are you giving them better field position, but you're essentially playing for overtime because they're going to be in four down territory. It's going to be very hard to get uh, a stop on defense. I mean, look, you got the 32nd ranked defense. It's Brady. He's got a million weapons, you know, even without Brown and some of the guys he's missing, he's going to score there. I mean, you might as well go for it and end the game. And if you don't end the game, pin him and make him go 93 yards instead of 75 yards. So playing for overtime there is a 14 and a half point dog. He's not optimal. It's not the play. So uh, Jets did the right thing. I think going, you know, going for it, it was the right move, whatever happened with the last play. I mean, look, that's typical Jets. I'm not going to kill the coach. I mean, who knows if it was his fault or Wilson's fault. And I thought Wilson actually played well yesterday. I know I've been hard on him. I don't think I've been unfair to him. I mean, look, he hasn't played well. He was the second pick in the draft. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Come on here and, and make excuses for him and said he, say he played well. He didn't, he hasn't played well, but yesterday he played better. Uh, he made some good decisions. You know, made some good throws, hung in the pocket. But look, I mean, they stopped scoring, which has become a habit. You know, they've scored three straight games on the opening series. They've scored touchdowns. And they had just have these cold stretches uh, during these games. You know, they, they have these opening drives where they can scheme you up. And they, they, they scheme up some offense early. And they, they just stop scoring, though. And against Tampa, against Brady, you just can't stop scoring. You know, you got to keep tacking on, even if it's field goals, you know, with a big lead. Brady... Look, he's Brady. He's going to find a way to win, win games. Uh, now, look, some of it's luck. Some of it's defense. Uh, if you convert the fourth down there, there's no chance to steal the game. So there's no chance for Brady to find a way if you give him the if you don't give him the ball back. So uh, just typical Jets, typical Brady. The Jets find ways to lose games, and, and they found a way to lose one yesterday. So tough ending for the Jets. They let one get away. They lose the game 28-24. They do cover the... 14 I think it actually closed 14 and a half I can't imagine the money line had to be plus 450 plus 500 so that's a tough one uh, if you bet the Jets on the money line I don't know why you would but if you did uh, hopefully you hedged out and took Tampa plus points in the middle of the game now down 24 20 Tampa scores with a few seconds left they get a touchdown you figure they kick the point after to go go up three and that's the traditional uh move there I mean even with all the two-point conversions and the going for it you don't see teams going for two there they actually went for two and they got it which I didn't understand. I didn't see Arians quotes after the game about it. I don't know if the kicker was hurt or uh, maybe they were afraid, you know, the, the extra point gets blocked and it gets run back for two to tie it. Maybe they, they didn't want to give the Jets that opportunity. That's a really strange decision, though. Uh, you figure you kick the extra point and go up three. Because if you ever didn't get the two-point conversion, uh, now a field goal beats you. So I was surprised they went that route. But the Bucks win. The Jets cough one up. Uh like I said, overall, despite the gag job by the Jets, there were some positive signs of life, some signs of improvement. I uh, would have liked to get the first down and seal the game and go into the offseason with something to build on. Uh, they're at Buffalo Sunday. Buffalo needs the game to clinch the division. So uh, good luck there if, if you're the Jets. Good luck with that. Bills are minus 17. Total is 45. Wow. Uh, one thing to be aware of week 18 as we come down the stretch here, Teams who are out of it, teams who have nothing to play for versus teams who are playing for something. It's kind of counterintuitive, but the teams who are out of it are very profitable to bet. 
Uh, two things. First of all, the line over adjusts for the motivation factor. That That's one of them. And the team that's out of it, you know, they can relax. They can be, be loosey-goosey. They can throw it deep. They can run fake punts. They can just kind of play relaxed, play loose, while the other team can, you know, sometimes be tight. And like I said, they account for motivation in the line. They often over-account for it. So uh, just a couple examples. Last year, the Browns were favored by 10 last week of the season against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had nothing to play for. They were already in the playoffs. Their seed was already uh, accounted for. So they rested everyone. And Cleveland needed the game just to get in. Line was 10. Cleveland won by two. Uh, Indy Jacksonville last year, Indy needed the game to get in. They win. They're in the playoffs. Jacksonville obviously was horrible. Ended up with the first pick in the draft. Indy was favored by 16. Uh, Indy's up 20 to 14 late, and Jacksonville has the ball. So yeah, Indy ends up hanging on to win the game to cover. But I mean, to, to win the game and get in the playoffs, but they don't cover. I think 27-14 was the final. So... Uh, these teams with something to play for versus these teams with nothing to play for. The team with nothing to play for covers more than you think. Uh, so just something to keep in mind here as we head into week 18, which unfortunately this week 18, it's pretty straightforward in terms of the scenarios uh, for who's getting in the playoffs. It really got cleaned up a little bit yesterday, which is unfortunate. We don't have a ton of chaos. Uh, we do have we do have some drama, which, uh, of course, we'll get into all the scenarios. Trust me, last week of the regular season, we will do plenty of football. As much as I rip on the Jets and, and I rip on the Giants, and I will rip on the Giants here in a few minutes. Uh, look, there's going to be a time here a few weeks from now, once football season over, and it's mid-February. I'm going to miss the Giants. I'm going to miss the Jets because uh, when I have to do 45 minutes on Knicks Wizards, going to be tough that's going to be tough i'm going to miss zach wilson and robert salah and our boy joe judge here i'm going to miss all these guys in a few weeks so football season flies by it really does it, it seems like it was august and we were all excited for it not that long ago and, and then you look up and uh it's pretty much over it's pretty much over one thing before i uh, i catch my breath and i gather my notes here and we move on to joe judge and that bizarre just embarrassment of a press conference, uh, which was actually even more embarrassing than the game somehow. Before we move on to that circus uh, and get to the Giants, Antonio Brown, like I said, if you went to the game yesterday, uh, you got your money's worth. You got to see Antonio Brown take his clothes off, basically quit football, retire mid-game. Uh, one of the strangest things you're ever going to see. And like I said, you got your money's worth if you went to MetLife yesterday. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Obviously, he's out of his mind. I know people are, are tracing back the hit from Vontaze Perfect in the playoffs five or six years ago and you know, making some link with CTE. There's probably some CTE there. I'm like, if I had to guess, I, I have no idea. But he does some strange things. I mean, the thing with the helmet with the Raiders a few years ago where he wouldn't play unless he had a certain helmet. I mean, there's been a million incidents. There's probably something going on there with him where he's just not well mentally. Or he's just a jerk or both. I mean... Okay. As bizarre as he is, I don't find him that interesting. He's probably done playing football. Uh, there was a funny meme yesterday. He said, rage quitting in the middle of a game because you're losing to an inferior opponent is the ultimate tribute to, to John Madden. Uh, I thought that was funny. But the rest of it, I honestly, I don't find it that interesting. Uh, obviously, extremely bizarre to see him ripping off his clothes and jogging to the tunnel. One of the strangest things you'll ever see. So it's sad. I mean, he's probably done in the NFL. I think you would make him a huge underdog to ever play again after pulling a stunt like that. I know he said today, um, this is probably his agent, his PR 
telling him to say that. He said, look, I was injured and they, they wanted me to go back in the game and they, and I wouldn't. Uh, that that doesn't seem likely. Look, if you're hurt, I, I don't see somebody forcing you into the game because you're hurt. It looked like he had a disagreement with Evans. Um, I, I, I know he had some incentives that he was close to reaching, so he probably wanted the ball. Maybe he wasn't getting the ball enough. I have no idea, but uh, it just seems convenient to say, look, I was injured and they, they made me try to play. That's trying to save face. Maybe it works. I don't know, but uh, that, that was tough yesterday. That was probably a kiss of death for his career. But after the game, I thought this was even more interesting. Arian said after the game, basically, hey, don't ask me about it because he's no longer a buck. So don't ask me about him. Ask me about the guys who are on my team. Now, now hold on, dude. He, he suited up for your team an hour ago, okay? He won a Super Bowl with you. He's been on your team for a year and a half. I mean, he caught a touchdown, I think, in the Super Bowl last year for you. He won a Super Bowl with you. He is a buck, okay? He wasn't cut at whatever time it was, 4.30 yesterday when you were being asked about it. He was still on the team at that point. Now, you made the decision at that point you were going to cut him. I get that, but, uh, I mean, look, you got a borderline Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame talent for sure. I don't know that he'll ever get in. But you got basically a Hall of Fame receiver who's on your team, stripping on the field, running off the, off into the tunnel, and you don't want people to ask you about him. I mean, it's just it doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. He's, you can say he's not on the team. Don't ask me about him. It's, it's just not how that works. I, it was really bizarre. I mean, you can just sit there, answer the questions, and move on. I mean, you can't just sit there and say, don't ask me. It doesn't work like that. Uh, speaking of people who are out of their minds, speaking of coaches who say idiotic things, when we come back, yes, we will do the Giants and that disaster of a performance as they somehow reach another new low. That is when we come back. This is the New York City Cast presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. Play Sugar House Sportsbook has taken its game to the next level. Not only has it added robust same-game parlays for football, it's playable in a new state, Connecticut. Whether you want to place your bets in New Jersey or Connecticut, you can count on Play Sugar House Sportsbook to deliver a one-of-a-kind experience from your first bet to your fast payout approval. Download the Play Sugar House app or go to PlaySugarHouse.com today. Must be 21. Playable in New Jersey or Connecticut. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut. All right, we are back. New York City cast, play Sugar House Sportsbook. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. Spotify allows you to leave a rating. If you have the time to do that, we would appreciate it. Let's get to the Giants, the New York football Giants. And when you think of the all-time great passing attacks, the all-time great offenses in the NFL, you think, obviously, some of those 49er teams with Montana, uh, the 99 Rams, the 98 Vikings, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed, Randall Cunningham. A uh, team really should have gone to the Super Bowl. That was a, a 15-1 team that was just broke every record, lost a heartbreaking game to Atlanta, got the ball back with a minute left in a tie game after they missed a field goal and settled for overtime, really one of the disasters of all time. But the 98 Vikings, the 99 Rams, the 07 Pats came around and broke all the Vikings records with Brady, Moss, Wes Welker, 16-0. And that's tough. I mean, you think Randy Moss is on a 15-1 team with the 98 Vikings, then a 16-0 team with the 07 Pats and never won a Super Bowl. That's tough. But you think of some of those teams, and now you, you got to make room. you got to scooch those guys over because there is the nonstop aerial attack of the 2021 New York football giants that has come along who – 
Lost the heartbreaker yesterday. The, the Bears somehow hold off a furious rally by the Giants. Somehow managed to hang on to win the game. Uh, it was a lot closer than that 29-3 score would indicate. Some of these numbers for the Giants are just laughable. I mean, this is beyond sad. At halftime yesterday, oh my goodness. At halftime yesterday, Mike Glennon was one for two with four yards and an interception. The Giants had negative 16 net yards passing uh, when you take into account all the sacks. That's at halftime. He was strip sacked on the first play of the game. The pairs recovered, punched it in a few plays later. Now, Glennon had 17 dropbacks yesterday. Let's just go through. All, <laughs> let's go through all 17 of them. First play of the game, strip sack. Second play of the game, interception. Third play of the game, sack. Then four-yard pass, incomplete, 12-yard pass, strip sack incomplete 12 yard pass 13 yard scramble wow uh negative four yard pass incomplete sack strip sack incomplete incomplete interception <laughs> the giants on the afternoon had a grand total of 24 yards passing and four turnovers 24 yards passing Four turnovers, three points. Glennon had a QBR of 0, 0.0. Now, QBR is a statistic. It was uh, invented in 2006. So Glennon's QBR would be the lowest in QBR history, except he didn't register enough dropbacks drop to qualify. So uh, as embarrassing as that, as that was on the field, the story of the game, the story right now with the Giants, and look, if you're the Giants, I don't know how you get past what happened after the game. The coach after the game uh, gave what was just an embarrassing, bizarre 11-minute press conference. And some of the quotes, I mean, you pick your word, whether it's bizarre, idiotic, arrogant, defiant. Uh, I mean, we can cut to some of the sound. I think we have some of the sound that we can cut to. Uh, so let's listen to that. In 2018, I was part of a team who halfway through the season, all right, we were all pretty convinced we were getting fired. Didn't think we were going to make the playoffs. Had no concept that anything was coming. We just knew we were going to keep showing up and improving and working week after week. And on the outside, we were all terrible. And we didn't care about any of that noise on the outside. Didn't care about it at all. What do you care about on the inside? What are we doing? Guys showed up, they worked, they fought, they worked. We are to improve enough as a team and put things together and make a run and end up, you know, win a championship. But the thing I really learned that year was the importance of the culture inside, how important and valuable that is. Because I was part of more talented teams that came up short and lost games down the stretch. Much more talented, all right? But the one thing that really was solidified in my mind, in my DNA that, that year in 18 was the fact that it's so much more important how strong you are inside because no team goes through a smooth season. Uh, he goes on to say, this ain't a team that's having fist fights on the sidelines. This ain't a team that's having fist fights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else. Okay. You talk about the foundation built. You talk about the things that the toughest thing to change in a team, the toughest thing to change in a club is the way people think. You understand that? That's the toughest thing. You can get new players. You can get out of your damn locker room all you want. You got to change how people think. Uh, he goes on to talk about how in 2000 or, or in 2019, in 2020, he had players who were on the team that left that now call him twice a week saying they were wish they, they wish they were still on the team. 
I can tell you, we got more players here who are going to be free agents next year, all right, who are in my office every day, begging to come back. I know that. Okay, I know that. Or players that we coached last year that still call me twice a week talking about, you know, how much they wish they were still here and they're getting paid more somewhere else. I mean, that's about as detached from it. There's no chance that's true. I mean, somebody posted it that there's only 19 guys that were on the team last year that are still in the league and only a couple of them make significant money. So it's really, it's almost impossible that that's true. Uh, he goes on to talk about, what is it? He said, you guys have been in the, in the building for two years now with this COVID shit. I'll tell you right now, if you're in the damn building, if you walk through our locker room, you ain't seeing the crap you saw before. All right. You ain't seeing guys playing at vacations. You ain't seeing golf clubs in front of lockers. You ain't seeing that stuff. Okay. You ain't seeing it. If you go through it, he's really, he's taking shots at Ron Rivera, the Washington coach. That's, that's the reference to the fist fights a couple of weeks ago versus Dallas. They, uh, I think it was Allen or Payne threw a punch one or the other. Uh, he's taking shots at Pat Shermer, who was his predecessor, saying it wasn't a team until I got here, basically. And he's saying that that, that that here's the strangest part. That 2018, he was with the Patriots. So what he was implying there, what he was saying is that Bill Belichick and the entire coaching staff was in danger of getting fired midseason. 2018, the Pats were 7-2. and two. They were coming off of a Super Bowl win in 2016. In 2017, they made the Super Bowl and lost. So they made two straight Super Bowls. They had made three out of four Super Bowls and won two of them the previous four years. And they're seven and two. And he's saying, you know, we, everyone assumed we were getting fired. And he's comparing it to this season. I mean, that's the strangest thing you're ever going to see. I mean, that is so bizarre. That is so detached from reality. Does he realize people have the internet? It can look this stuff up. Uh, and, and to say that players were on the team, call them twice a week, tell them they wish they were still on the Giants. I mean, what are the chances that's even remotely true? Yeah, twice a week. Twice a week they call. Sure. I mean, come on. Hey, coach, it's Wednesday. I know I just called you on Monday, but I just wanted to call again to reiterate just how bad, how badly I wish I was still on your shitty team. I mean, that's really what he – I mean, he really thinks people believe this stuff. Uh, I mean, that was the most bizarre, defiant – uh, just the strangest 11 minutes you're ever going to see after the game where, uh, I, I mean, he acts as if anyone who doesn't see how great of a job he's doing, doesn't see how anyone doesn't see how anyone doesn't think this team is great. is just an idiot for, for disagreeing with him or not acknowledging how great he's doing. I mean, it's, it's like, we're all idiots for not seeing this genius at work. It's really bizarre. I mean, meanwhile, look, look, dude, you're 10 and 22. You're about to be 10 and 23. Uh, this is the end of year two. It, it's not August of the first, you know, preseason here. It's not three games into year one where, you know, you can still sell us on all that nonsense about you're building a foundation. Uh, you know, you're building a culture. You're going into year three. Yeah, you're maybe going into year three. Uh, I, I know that all the reports are they swear that he's safe. He's going to be back. I actually think yesterday sunk him. I don't think, I really don't think you can possibly bring him back after that. I mean, how could you, how could you, how could you with a straight face, bring this guy back and sell it to your fans that, all right, we got our coach. We're going to, you know, we're going in the right direction. I mean, that was some of the most uh, just out of touch. Some of those quotes, it's really kind of scary. It's like he makes up his own reality to say, sit there and say in 2018, we were all close to getting fired. I mean, when was there ever talk in mean, as many shows as there are with the talking heads and, and we can name the different shows 
where they just kind of look for things to talk about. Bill Belichick getting fired was never on the table. That was never discussed. I don't care. Uh, nobody was talking about that. That was never a thing. Uh, you were seven and two. It's not like you're, I, I mean, just, oh uh, man. And he, and he sells it to you. I mean, he says it with a straight face. It's really the, some of the strangest thing you'll ever see. It's, it, I don't know how you bring him back. I mean, even the giant fans that were uh, defending him saying, you know what? He did a decent job year one. You got to give him a shot for year three. I don't think anybody's defending him anymore. I, I think it's time for him to go. It's time to blow this thing up. I mean, you're bringing in a new GM. You're probably going to have a new quarterback. I mean, maybe you give Jones another year, but uh, yesterday was a perfect example of, look, this thing is broken and it needs to be fixed. When you have a game where you throw for 24 yards and that's not the most embarrassing part of your day, uh, you know you got big problems. I mean, 24 yards passing. <laughs> 24 yards passing. They basically gave up on throwing, even though they're down two touchdowns the whole game. They basically just gave up on throwing. Oh, man, it is. It, to sit there and watch that for three hours, if anyone watched that game for three hours straight, I mean, it's – God bless you. God bless you. So, I mean, that's the Giants. I really think that that sunk judge. I, that's to, to sit there and, and have a press conference where you tell people how great of a job you're doing and to take shots at other coaches. Look, Ron Rivera went to a Super Bowl. You could say, all right, we're not getting into fist fights. These other teams are. Okay. I mean, there, there's some truth to that. Washington's not a great team, but, you know, you're going to take shots at Ron Rivera, who you're playing this week, by the way. Ron Rivera's been to a Super Bowl. He had a 15-1 season. I mean, what have you ever done? I mean, this is a guy who's a special teams coach and a, and a wide receiver coach. He gets hired out of nowhere. And, and like he did a decent job last year. Like I said, he's six and 10, probably got a little too much credit for keeping them competitive, but uh, the wheels have fallen off here. The wheels have completely fallen off the last month or so. This team has basically just gotten buried week after week and, uh, they're the worst team in the league. I mean, I, you can have a conversation then versus Jacksonville on a neutral field. Who's the worst team. Uh, you know, maybe they're, I, I don't think they'd be favored. Maybe it's a pick them. I know Lawrence has been bad. At least they have Lawrence. At least they have some NFL players. I mean, 24 yards passing. And I would actually, I would say confidently Jacksonville would be favored on a neutral field over the giants. Uh, the jets actually look like the Patriots compared to the giants. The jets look like a model franchise. I mean, the, the as bad as the jets are, uh, I mean, look, they're uh, they're a model franchise compared to this train wreck. That is the giants right now. Uh, and again, it's an 11 minute press conference. We gave you some of the audio. It's uh it's really disturbing. It's almost disturbing to think this guy's in charge of a team. Uh, as crazy as Antonio Brown is, I mean, this guy's just as nuts. I mean, some of this stuff, yeah, you're going to get fired in 2018. Uh, to compare it to this, you know, I've been through this stuff before in 2018, middle of the year, you know, we were, we were a disaster. Dude, you were seven and two. You were coming off two straight Super Bowls. Oh, man. Uh, Giants play Washington this week. Washington is favored by seven. Uh, if you're watching that game, I give you a lot of credit, a lot of credit. Uh, as far as the rest of the league, there actually were some exciting games. Cincinnati, Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City was up 28-14. They got really conservative in this game. I mean, they had 28 points basically in their first five drives. Mahomes looked like, uh, I mean, he's not going to win the MVP. It's, we'll get to some of the awards here. It's basically going to be Rodgers is the MVP, but Mahomes looks great. They're up 28-14, and they really took the foot off the gas. They got conservative. They started running the ball. 
Uh, neither team could stop anyone. So I think they tried to pace the game, tried to slow it down, but uh, they got way, way too cute and ended up costing them. They only scored three points in the second half. Hill had a bad drop right before the half. And, you know, this was strange. It's 28-28, third and 27. The Bengals hit a pass to Chase, who uh, I think is going to win Rookie of the Year. I think the awards markets kind of suggest that now, too. He had just an incredible day, 56 fantasy points. If you're in the fantasy finals and you're going against them, uh, sorry to hear that. He was just a menace yesterday. Unbelievable. But third and 27, he catches a pass. With three minutes and 11 seconds to go, he goes out at the 11-yard line. So 3-11 left. He got the ball at the 11, tie game. Casey has all their timeouts plus the two-minute warning. The ball's at the 11, and Kansas City never gets it back. Uh, it was almost like since he was trying not to score, they ran it, they ran it. They were actually able to get a first down without scoring, which they did. And uh, They ran a couple QB sneaks with Burrow where it didn't look like he was trying not to score, but he wasn't sticking the ball out to score. They end up in a situation where it's fourth and goal with like 58 seconds left and they go for it. Uh, ends up incomplete, but there's offsetting penalties. So they get another chance. They go for it again. They threw it both times on the fourth down out of shotgun, which was really strange. Uh, and it ends up being a defensive holding penalty. There was a million flags in this game, but there's a defensive holding, which allowed the Bucks, the, uh, allowed the Bengals to basically just take a knee and kick as time expired. So they win the game. Uh, bizarre game, bizarre ending. I thought the Chiefs should have really let him score. I, you know, there was a minute something left. You could have just let him score and given Mahomes the ball back. Uh, I had no problem with Cincy going for it. I just thought, man, it's fourth and goal. You're, you're going shotgun there. It was a really uh, a strange ending. And look, if you don't get the flag there, Mahomes gets the ball back tied with a minute left. And he's, look, they got a good kicker. I mean, you're on your own goal line, but uh, you're probably going to, he's probably going to, move the ball into field goal range there. And that's why I wouldn't have kicked the field goal either. You know, you go up three, he's got plenty of time. He's got Bucker. He's going to get the 40 yards and get in the field goal range. But since he wins the division, Kansas city had one eight in a row. All right. They lose one. No big deal. No, no, that's a huge deal. Cause now Tennessee can just beat the Texans. Tennessee's the one seed uh, and KC drops down to remember. There's only one by now. So they're going to have to play wild card weekend. They're going to have to now depends on the seeding here. They might get the two seed, but look, you're going to have to play. You're going to have to win three games to go to the Super Bowl, and you might have to win one on the road. Now, look, can they go into Tennessee and win? Of course, they'd probably be favored in Tennessee. But uh, if they were the one seed, you get the bye, then you get a home game uh, in the second round and a home game in the third round. You only have to win two games. You'd be favored in both of them. Uh, they really let one get away yesterday and, and they played Denver this week. They're minus 10. So that was their chance to, to soak, to sew up the one seed. Now, Tennessee, who's had a million up, up and downs, a million injuries. Uh, they just have to beat the Texans. They are 11 point favorites in Houston next week. Now they already lost to Houston, but uh, they're starting to get some guys back. You wouldn't think Houston beats them. Now you never know. Houston's played pretty tough here. Mills has been okay, but uh looks like Tennessee's going to be the one seed, believe it or not. Vrabel's done a great job. Uh, Taylor is now the favorite Zach Taylor. The Bengals coach is the betting favorite at plus plus one forty to be the coach of the year. Uh, he was like 40, 50 to one before the year. And he was a long shot just like a month or so ago. So he kind of came out of nowhere uh, as did chase to win rookie of the year. Uh, Mac Jones was like minus 800 just a few weeks ago. And you remember they had that Monday night game in Buffalo where the, the Pats win, they take control of the division. And Mac Jones was the runaway for rookie of the year. Everyone was like, oh, Belichick's sewed up rookie, uh, coach of the year, including me. I kind of thought that too. 
Now Belichick's like plus 800 to win coach there. He's probably not going to win it. Uh, Taylor is the short shot. The Bengals are a surprise division champ. That's usually a good angle. So uh, the, the awards markets, that's something to keep in mind next year. Once there's like six weeks to go and you think, oh, these awards are all locked up. Not really, because Brady was minus 200 to win it. Mac Jones was minus 800 to win it. Belichick was minus 150 to win it. Probably none of those guys are going to win it. It looks like Rodgers for MVP, Zach Taylor for coach of the year, and Jamar Chase, who is just incredible uh, for offensive rookie of the year. So those are the awards. Casey's the one. Uh, in terms of the AFC, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, the, the Patriots can still win the division. Patriots can actually still be the one seed. They need a bunch of things to go their way, but as long as Buffalo beats the Jets, and like we said, they're 17-point favorites, Buffalo wins the division. Uh, that would make the Patriots, who are in as a wild card at the very least, that gives them one of the spots. If the Colts beat the Jaguars, the Colts are 15-point favorites. If the Colts win, they are in. And then it's pretty clean because Vegas, believe it or not, plays the Chargers, and, and Vegas is somehow still alive. And that, that's a winner, win in your in situation. That's basically a playing game next Sunday night. Uh, Chargers are favored by three at Play Sugar House. So uh, Chargers and Raiders are going to get are going that's one spot right there. Colts will probably get a spot, and then the Patriots have a spot. So pretty straightforward in the AFC. Uh, in the NFC, the Eagles clinched the spot. The Vikings are eliminated as they got buried by the Packers last night. Uh, if the 49ers beat the Rams, they are in, but they are six-point underdogs right now. And who knows about Jimmy G? They play the Rams next week. If the Rams win and the Saints beat the Falcons, the Saints are in. So uh, it, there's one spot available in the NFC. It's either the 49ers or the Saints. The 49ers control their own destiny, but they are an underdog while the Saints are a favorite. So uh, that's pretty much a coin flip right there between the Saints and the 49ers. Now, if you can get Jimmy G back, the, the 49ers are a much more dangerous team than the Saints. Uh, Saints are kind of doing this with smoke and mirrors. They're very limited on offense. As is Philly. I mean, Philly, if you go through their wins, Philly is not really beating anybody. And they're in the playoffs, which is uh, like they're not much of a threat to beat anybody. They really struggled with Washington yesterday. I mean, look at their last few wins. They beat the Giants, they beat the Jets, and they beat Washington twice, who's all beat up with COVID. So uh, it's, it's two teams for one spot in the NFC. In the AFC, it's pretty straightforward. Now, if the Colts were to ever lose next week and the Steelers were to play tonight, uh, the Steelers who played tonight against Cleveland were to win. This week and next week, believe it or not, the Steelers can get in, which it seems like you know they've had a million lives. How they're still alive right now, it, it's, it's crazy to think that, but uh, probably not going to come to fruition. Colts, you think, would beat the Jags and get in. And then I, I would think the Chargers would beat the, the Raiders. Now, you never know with the Chargers. You can never trust them, but uh, I'm rooting for the Chargers. The Chargers will make, will make the playoffs more fun. They're more dangerous than any of these other teams. Uh, the Raiders are actually haven't been outscored by 68 points this year, and they're still in the mix for a playoff spot, which is hard to believe. Uh, Tennessee beat Miami yesterday, so Miami is out. Uh, Miami, that's uh, I, I know you picked Tua high, and it's tough to admit, but that's just that's not going to work. I mean, he is really bad, really limited. So Miami was eliminated. Uh, I know we talked about them a lot on the show because we thought they were interesting, plus 1,200, plus 1,100 to make the playoffs, and. They made a good run at it. If they beat the Titans and beat the Patriots, they would have gotten in. And at that price, that's all you can ask for. But they got blown out by the Titans yesterday. Couldn't move the ball. So uh, that's your playoff scenario. Week 18, some of these lines are starting to pop up. Who's playing hard? Who's resting starters? It's, it's really important to keep an eye on that information and uh, all the machinations going forward. So we will discuss more week 18, obviously, tomorrow. We'll go through 
you know, all the scenarios. We got two Saturday games, and then the rest of the games are Saturday are on Sunday. We're done with Monday night football. Tonight's the final one. It is the Steelers now favored by three against the Browns. Totals 43. Uh, remember, the Steelers can still get in with two wins and a Colts loss to the Jags, which is unlikely, but they're still alive. The Browns have been eliminated. So that's why this line has swung. Remember, the Browns were three, three and a half point favorites most of the week. Uh, now it's swung to the Steelers favored by three because they have the motivation. And it is obviously all likelihood Big Ben's last home game in Pittsburgh. So that, the crowd will be crazy tonight. There will be some juice in that building. That's why you've seen that line swing. I would actually take the Browns plus the three uh, just because I think, look, it's going to be a close game, a low scoring game. It's still a rivalry game. Those teams do not like each other. Remember they had that big fight three or four years ago. So uh, I can't lay three with the Steelers, especially when you could have gotten a plus three, most of this, you know, for the last week or so. So um, if you have nothing in pocket, I would suggest the Browns plus three. I think this is a, a 21, 20, 2018 type of game. So Browns plus three would be a pick here for the last Monday night football game of the year. Then we move on sadly to week 18, where we got two Saturday games, then a bunch of games on, uh, on Sunday. Now, what did they do for the Saturday games? They gave us chiefs Broncos chiefs are favored by 10 and then Cowboys Eagles Cowboys are favored by three. Uh, both of those games are just for seeding. I think they wanted to save the playing game, the Raiders chargers for Sunday night. And they, they wanted to make as many games, you know, for week 18 for on su that Sunday, they wanted to make as many games meaningful as possible. So, you know, they didn't want to have a scenario where you play a game. Let's say you put the 49ers on Saturday, they win. Then the Saints game is meaningless. They wanted those games at the same time. So the Saints and the 49ers are both going to play uh, that late window on Sunday. So uh, that's your week 18. Uh, sad that football is just, man, it's just flown by, but, uh, we like the Browns here, plus three. Again, this Joe Judge stuff with the Giants, really, uh, I mean, could do an hour on it. How he's still the coach going forward, I, I really think it's just a disaster here for the Giants. But uh, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed the show. It, it, again, if you have the time, it's this 11 minutes of Joe Judge stuff, it is really, it is Comedy Central. So go check that out. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll go through all the Week 18 stuff. This has been the New York City Cast presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.